This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I just came on like full force. I was like, listen, you are the Enneagram guru. You've written The Road Back to You, which is the book about the Enneagram that changed my life, my whole family. My sister's a one, which is a, uh, not a perfectionist anymore. You've changed it to, um, what is it now? Improver? The improver. The mm-hmm. improver. And you said, many ones, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so my sister's a one, the improver, and she got this book because being a one living in a family with a dad who's an eight, a mom who's a nine, who's a peacemaker and a sister who's a four, who is like the creative, what are we called? The art, the fours are romantics. Romantic. Yes. So she was like always having needing order and structure and she's black and white and follows the rules. And then we're all not living like that necessarily. So it was very frustrating for her. And she was frustrated with us a lot. Because she's like, why is everyone not just doing everything the way that things are supposed to be done? (laughs) Because doesn't everyone know that there's just like a way to do life? It's like black and white, good and bad. So she read this book and then she started understanding us. And she started like, especially me as her sister. Can you imagine a one having a sister as a four? How exhausting for her. I'm just living in my feelings and like dropping the ball. She's being moody, all this stuff. And she's trying to, you know, do life according to how it should be done because she knows she's got the rule maker in her head telling her, you know, here's how life needs to be done. It's always in her head. So we all read this book and we had a huge awakening about ourselves and our family. I'm sorry, this is very long winded, but I am thrilled to be talking to you. If you can't tell, because I need you in my life, Ian, you have, you hold the answers. I'm so delighted. And it's always (laughs) such an encouragement to hear that people are experiencing the kind of transformation that I think can happen. I have seen 
over and over and over again uh, that how self-knowledge and self-awareness can completely revolutionize people's lives. And, you know, obviously in the story of you, which is the follow-up to the road back to you. So my right new here. book, is, there it is, the story of you is really, you know, all about how we can begin to rewrite our broken stories from childhood uh, now as adults using the Enneagram personality typing system. I love that you said, like I, I'm, I'm misquoting you, but basically you're like, there's all these billions of people in the world. Is it like, is it wrong to think that we can put them all into nine different categories? And you're like, no, actually it's not. We really all can fit into these nine different personality types. And that was very comforting to me to hear that because I always worry about locking in to like pouring my whole heart into something because then I'm like, oh gosh, what if I find out it's wrong and I'm invested in this so deeply. But to, to really feel confident that you can invest in the Enneagram and know that really, for the most part, most people fall into one of these numbers. And then if you can just learn the Enneagram and all the numbers, especially yourself and especially the people in your family and closest to you, and read, honestly, read both of your books, The Road Back to You and The Story of You. If you can like commit to that and understanding, you can have such a deeper, better, healthier, so aware, such an aware, uh, um, an awakened relationship with, with the people closest to you. It's mm. mind blowing. And it makes me feel so comfortable. I mean, comforted to know that we can sink into the Enneagram. You know, one of the things you said is, you know, how is it possible that on a planet where we've had 7 billion people running around for a long, long time, that there could be only nine personality styles. But what, what listeners need to remember is that within each type, there is an infinite number of variations or expressions. So you and I are both fours, the romantics, and maybe in a moment we can just quickly run through all nine types for people who don't know. I would love to do that. Yeah, so the, um, you and I uh, express our fourness differently. So it's not like, it's really nine times infinity. Uh, though we will have some, uh, a very meaningful set of, of similarities. But how you function in the world as a four and how I function as a four may look very, very different, although very similar in many ways. Well, because when I first got on this, zoom with you i was like oh my gosh we're both fours and you had such an excited face you're like yay and i'm like oh being a four is the worst it's so exhausting and i know that you have flipped your story to where you don't feel that way but like i feel like i have worked on myself so much but i still feel the burden of the world all the time like i can't mm. get out of it it's just everywhere i feel like this world is so broken and sad that it just like consumes me Okay, well, maybe after we go through the types, I can sort of circle in on that thing that, that thing that you're struggling with there when we hit the fours. Okay, let's do it. So let's start with one. There's okay, nine and types. so the, yeah. there's nine types. And what I'm going to do as we go along, if it's okay with you, is I'm going to frame these personality styles as stories. Mm. 
Because one of the things, personality types with the Enneagram, great, fantastic. But what I've grown into is this belief that not only are there nine personality types, but there are essentially nine stories, one of which we gravitate toward and adopt in childhood as just as a way to, to feel safe and to cope in the world. Um, you know, uh, think of it this way. Uh, all of us invent self-defeating stories in childhood that eventually cause us significant problems in adulthood. But, but the good news is, is that with the help of the Enneagram, we can reauthor the old self-sabotaging stories we tell ourselves about who we are and about how we think the world works. We can free ourselves from the tyranny of unconscious childhood messages and false beliefs. And finally, we can overcome the patterns of behavior that our broken stories produce. So let me just run through these stories and um, see if folks, they might relate to one, you know, uh, or they might relate to all nine, but I want them to listen for the one that most sounds like them, more like them, right, than the other eight do, okay? Quick question. That, that, yes. Do, do we all write self-sabotaging stories? Does everyone? Yes. Does anyone it, not? Is there anyone who was like born on an island in the sun with like the two most joyful hippie parents who have just like abundance of food and love and community? Is there anyone who like is born into that life who just got, doesn't have a self-sabotaging story or something? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met somebody who has? I don't know. I mean, I've met some people who yeah. are very, very happy, but yeah, they, uh, there's always, when you talk to them, they have pain that they refer to. Of course. You know, um, one of the things as a therapist, one of the things I tell people, and I even, you know, former clients uh, working with addicts, uh, but also just working with regular folks, you know, who are, you know, pretty high functioning, et cetera, is all of us are recovering children. There, there's just no way. I don't care how charmed a childhood you had. You picked up, in, you internalized real or perceived messages that, for example, um, am, I, am I lovable? Do I belong? You, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like all of us, and all of us experience trauma, whether it's little t trauma, right? Just complex trauma that goes along, or capital T trauma, right? Significant trauma. Um, all of us um, pick up beliefs, and it's not just from our parents, it's from our peers, it's from our culture. Like, what does our culture say about women? What does our culture say about um, people of color? What is our, what, do you know what I'm saying? Like, we pick up cultural false beliefs, uh, familial, um, from peers, from coaches. Uh, I mean, it's, they just come at us from every angle, and they're very sticky. Media, and so all the media. Oh, media. My gosh. What, like what is like, you know, uh, how about women in weight? How oh about you're right? like the earliest time you have a memory as a female that you have. Like, look at a Barbie doll. I, I have a daughter who's two and like all these toys that she has. They're like perfectly proportioned, like perfectly proportioned to this like dream body. I'm like, that's starting that message. So soon, and you see like all the yeah. Disney movies, all the beautiful princesses, they have like perfect yeah. bodies. Yeah, it's starting. And we, we, we pick them up about all kinds of stuff. Uh, I could go on and on and on, right? But let's go through the stories and you'll okay. hear some of them, okay? okay? So type ones, the improvers, these are honest, 
you know, conscientious, detail-oriented folks. They're self-disciplined, dependable. But the underlying false premise of their story is this mistaken belief that the world only loves and report, rewards the good people and punishes the bad ones. And, and if you're trapped in the broken story of the improver, you try to gain love and a sense of control by tamping down your anger and, and constantly try to meet your own high internal standards and then seeking to perfect yourself, others, and the world. Now, to be clear, in childhood, each of these broken stories with their false beliefs and internalized messages that support the story, it really helped you. It helped you make sense of the world. It helped you feel safe. It helped you get your needs met. But when you bring that story into adulthood and never rewrite it or change it, you know, people who are improvers get labeled judgmental, critical, shaming, uh, anal, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you know, a little too detail oriented. Um, black and white thinkers, as you mentioned earlier, and I can go on and on. And that eventually will begin to damage relationships, begin to isolate you. So the story that worked for you as a little person now starts to work against you in adulthood. That's what the whole, that's the message of the story of you is, hey, guess what? Thank the old story for how it helped you as a little person, but you have to rewrite it in adulthood because it's, it's undermining you. So let's move on to twos, okay? So um, the twos are called the helpers and people who inhabit this fiction uh, of the helper unconsciously believe that they can't be loved for who they are, but for only uh, what they do for others, meeting others' needs. So it makes sense that for the two, they have to kind of uh, turn a blind eye to their own needs and helping others becomes their strategy for gaining love and approval. Yep. Right? And, and so you know who this is. This is. You know, the word we might use for this with a lot of people, could not with all, but some is codependent, mm. right? It's like, you know, I've got to meet everybody's needs and not let anybody know that I have personal needs. And they just, they burn out. Oh my yeah. gosh, they, they burn out. They become resentful. Resentful because they're doing all this stuff for people and they don't feel appreciated. Right. Type threes are called the performers. You've met tons of these people. And this um, is who I'm envious of. Like my four is envious of types threes a lot because I'm like, how do you do all this stuff? How do you just do it? You just do it all. And you know what's so funny is that one of the characteristic features or struggles for the four is envy. I know. <laughs> so I under fours use the word envy a lot, right? Comparing themselves to others and then, you know, envying what the other has that they do not. So threes are, are really accomplishment-focused people whose dominant, you know, broken story is based on the mistaken notion that being successful and avoiding failure at all costs is the only pathway to being loved feeling significant and valued. Type fours, here we go. The romantics. Yeah, this is us. Uh, these intense people, you and I, uh, our broken story revolves around the misguided idea that, that we're missing something really important inside that everyone else seems to have except us and that uh, we'll never be loved uh, and understand, understood or feel whole and welcome in the world until we regain that missing piece. Yep. And so we become addicted to our own suffering mm -hmm. and we, we kind of seek to shore up our shaky self-image and, and achieve belonging by appearing special and unique. Yes. 
Do you realize, do you, um, I'll tell you just a quick story about me, then we'll move on to fives. I moved to Nashville to become a singer, to get in the country music industry, because I thought if only I could just become famous and the world could love me, then I could be special. Then I can be validated. Then I can be like truly a lovable person because there's something missing inside of me. Exactly what you're saying. Everyone else is complete, but not me. So let me go become validated by the world and do something so special that everyone can see. So then I'll be loved. And I've quick, I've learned, I've done a lot of work on myself and gotten over that, but that is my underlying foreness. And so I just, it is just crazy how that need to feel special. But like, also I, with fours, I feel like I had a really good childhood. Like I had parents who were loving. They weren't necessarily like all up in my grill, like hugging. And they weren't like the most like huggy, huggy, huggy parents, but they were like great parents and like good, like supporters. So I'm like, where did this come from? This needing to be loved. So remember part of personality is not just experience. It's also genetics, disposition, and temperament. Mm. And you're just born with that, right? But we can't underestimate the power of the perceived messages, whether they were, whether our parents were giving us, if your parents give you great message after great message, you will also um, mistakenly perceive or interpret those messages differently than what they intended. That, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By the way, it's very interesting. I did a, um, I can't tell you which label it was, but trust me when I tell you, maybe the biggest r- label in Nashville had me come in and lead a workshop and for about 90 people, and many of them were tour managers, right? Oh, like, like, right. And so they, um, when I hit fours and I described them, and I asked them, do you have any questions about fours? 50 hands went up, right? Because they're like Tour dealing with fours. Oh, artists. No, artists. they're artists. dealing with artists. Yes, 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 yes. Because there's a disproportionate number of artists in the creative arts. Because we now, all need to be special. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's part of what makes can make an artist successful, right? So we don't want to get rid of that specialness. We just want to get rid of the, those parts of it that are now not working for us. I mean, think about the artists. Kurt Cobain would be one, or uh, Janis Joplin, uh, Amy Winehouse. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They never ended well for a lot of different reasons, but they were people whose personality style that they picked up in childhood really hurt them in adulthood, became fatal in adulthood. And, you know... um, it's interesting. Since then, I, because of that, I've, I've worked with a number of well-known artists whose names I can't uh, repeat uh, with the Enneagram, and uh, it's it's really helped them. Now, you want to move on to fives? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. they're called they're called the investigators, and their broken story centers around the idea that the world is intrusive, and it's it's making demands on them that they can't meet, particularly in the area of relationships. So. They protect themselves against intrusion, right? By reducing their own needs. They're often minimalists, right? Uh, Observing rather than participating in life uh, and sucking up knowledge like shop backs, right? In in order to fend off feelings of uh, inadequacy, right? Uh, Like fives will often tell me that their greatest fear is that they're stupid and they don't have all the answers, right? And, And so... Fives are also the most emotionally distant, 
number on the Enneagram. You've met people like this. Oftentimes, I was in the emergency room with one of my kids once, and I had a doctor who was clearly a five, because he is telling me all this information in medical language about my daughter who's just had a bunch of stitches, uh, and he's talking to me without any emotion connected to the information, yeah. right? Like, and I was like, this guy, I don't even feel like he's in his body. He, he feels like a brain on a stick. And it's like, that's very five kind of stuff, you know? Which is um, totally opposite of a four. So because right. you're so well-versed at Enneagram, you could notice that. But if you're not, you might take like offense to that kind of person. Because as if you don't understand other people's personality types, you're like, why are you acting like that? You know, when you yes. are so opposite. Well, okay. And so because I know the Enneagram, one of the things it allowed me to do was not be offended. Exactly. It, it, it gave me empathy and compassion and understanding toward this person, which also, it also helped me communicate with that person in a way that they would understand. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. So, yes. you know, if, if I got all gushy, loaded up with feelings, which fours might be inclined to do, he would have had a very hard time relating to me, become I, uncomfortable. Yes. I have turned off so many people by my overwhelming gushiness, like I'm with you, I've done it to you. Like I came on so strong with you. Cause I'm just like so excited to talk to you and like want to word vomit everything I have in my brain. But like a lot of other numbers are like, get, get back up, back away. Like this is way too intense. Your personality is absolutely like wearing me out. Like I can't communicate with you. So like very, very, how to communicate very, with numbers. Yes, very common among fours. Fours, fours are desperate to be understood. Oh, and so, yes. so one of the things that fours do is they can get on these verbal, it's like a verbal blizzard. They, <laughs> they, they just keep talking because do you understand me yet? Do you understand me yet? Do you understand me yet? And the person gets to a point when you're talking to them sometimes, like it's like, uh, and this is just way too much information. Sometimes private information, not private, but yes. sensitive information that you should wait until three months into a relationship yes. to share. Yeah. I overshare everything. And I'm like, but why don't, why would I not tell you this? I'm just totally transparent. Like I'm not, I just, it's just yeah. life. And a lot but but, but, like, but when you gain self-awareness yes. from the Enneagram and you learn about your broken story, you can begin to dial this stuff back mm. and just in the living in the present moment in the now, you're able to, to sort of monitor what you're doing, thinking and feeling, and adjust it so that you're uh, relating to people in a way that they can receive, right? right. So the sixes, uh, they're called the loyalists. Um, their broken story revolves around the belief that the world is a very dangerous, unpredictable and chaotic place in which the only way to feel safe and certain, which is what they want, uh, is to be really vigilant, uh, is to uh, always be preparing for the worst, rehearsing in your mind, what, what can I do uh, to get ready for catastrophe on the horizon, you know, because then I'll feel safe and then I'll feel certain that I'm going to be okay. Now, so everyone's clear, I could write 200 pages on each of these types. So I'm just giving a very fast flyby here. Yes. But what I'm also describing is what I described in my new book, The Story of You, which is these are the underlying premises of the stories. And those underlying premises fuel the dysfunctional ways that we predictably and habitually act, think, and feel from moment to moment on a daily basis. 
right? Right. Type sevens, you're married to one, the enthusiasts, <laughs> right? They're the um, most fun to be around. They are. They're Well, they are when they're self-aware and they've done the work of rewriting their story because um, every type, when it's self-aware, they've done their work is beautiful. But when they haven't, I got to be honest and say they bang guardrail to guardrail through other people's lives. Sevens? Every number. Oh, when oh, it's oh. When it hasn't done its work. Oh, yeah. And when they, but when they have, they become the most beautiful expression of themselves in the world. So every type, when it's not doing their work, is a mess. Every type, when they're doing their work, is on a journey toward transformation. And in the story of you, I actually tell people, here is a very practical way that you can begin to rewrite your story. So it doesn't just describe the broken story. It also gives you a prescription or a journey that you can go on to uh, reauthoring your life. Because, you know, most people think, I'm stuck in this story. Like, I don't, there's no way out. These are the cards that were dealt, right? And I just think, no, you know, you are the narrative narrator of your story. You get to decide the story of your life, right? It's not, it's not destiny. It's not your fate. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. And I think, I think a problem a lot of people run into, which is changing in this day and age, is I know for my parents' generation and previous, my parents are open to it, but like going to therapy, taking a look at your mental health, like realizing that you can rewrite your story, it wasn't really the norm. It was kind of like these, like you said, these are the cards you're dealt, deal with it, get through your life, don't ask questions, you know, just like make it, make it happen. But now we're realizing we have this ability to, we have the ability to change our story and we don't have to just take the circumstances we were dealt we can actually rewrite the whole thing, but we didn't, I don't think people knew they had permission to do that as much as we know now. Boom. Uh, so the reason is, uh, is that, you know, the word I would use is agency, freedom, right? Um, you know, I have clients who come to see me and they describe their life and they describe what they have described to 20 other therapists. And when I look at them and say to them, you know, your problem is, is that you're in the wrong story. 
all of a sudden the light goes on because all of us understand our lives as a narrative. That's why we say things like, hey, tell me your story. What's your yeah. story? Cheese, cheesy pickup line, but you know, it, yeah. it, there's a reason we use it. Uh, that's why we say things like, I'm turning the page on this relationship, or I'm writing a new chapter in my life, or we just think about our lives as stories. And when I tell them, you're in the wrong story, it, they go, oh. And then when I tell them, and you, there's a quote by Mo Willems I, I use in the story of you. He says, if you find yourself living in the wrong story, leave. And I love that quote. That's not, because, that sounds so easy. <laughs> well, it's not. It's a lifetime deal. But as I said, I, I talk about a four-step process that you can use to begin the journey of rewriting your story. All right? And I would love so, you to go through that with us when we once we kind of wrap these numbers, if you're down. For Great. That. Oh yeah, no problem. So eights are called the challengers. That's my dad. Woohoo. So um, these folks, the, uh, the sort of the broken part of their life story is they, they believe that we live in a, a dog eat dog universe where the powerful dominate and take advantage of the innocent and the weak. And so to survive, they believe they have to assert strength and power over people in the environment to mask vulnerability and weakness from themselves and others. So these are the folks that tend to be, you know, this type of person. Um, they're aggressive. They're combative. They're, they love a great debate. My mom is an eight on the Enneagram. I'll tell you a very quick story. She's 93. She lives in assisted living now. She smoked Pall Malls for 75 years, okay? She is a force of nature. When she walks into a room, you know it, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so when COVID broke out and, you know, it just ran like wildfire through assisted living communities, um, I asked her uh, on the phone because I wasn't allowed to go in there and see her. Um, she, I said, well, has, a to has COVID attacked you yet? And she goes, it wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> That's all eight energy right there. So, but that's also a broken story. And in the book, I actually describe my mother's journey from childhood that explains how she got into that broken story. I don't want my mom to lose that characteristic personality, but I don't want her believing that she has to be so defended and, and so aggressive sometimes with other people in order to feel safe in the world. That's, that's not... I don't want her to keep believing that weak, that vulnerability is the same thing as weakness. Can you really tell an eight that can that go? Can you get that through an eight's head? Who's lived that way for a long time? Cause my dad is such an eight and he says all the time, he's like, man, I'm never gonna go to therapy because once they crack it open, I don't know what they're going to find in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well that that's something your dad needs to be challenged on because if, if he thinks that, uh, vulnerability and doing the work is um, weakness. If he equates that with weakness, like somebody's just weak, they need all that help. Uh, I don't think he thinks it's a weakness. I think he just doesn't know how long the river will flow and he doesn't want to like get into it because he's kind of not ever, he was of that generation too, where it's like, we're not, you know, you just, you wake up, you're tough, you get your job done and you know, but he knows therapy is great and he knows that all that is like really real and good for you. But he just is like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen right. if I peek behind but, the blinder? So, you know, what would help him. Hmm. And I'll just I, we won't go too deep into this. But just as a therapist, if he came in and just shared that anxiety. And just said, I'm really worried that 
you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. A good therapist would just say, well, first of all, that indicates that there's, there's some stuff there that you are either consciously aware of or unconsciously aware of. Un, uh, not unconsciously aware of, that doesn't make sense, but you can feel it. You can't articulate it, but it's down there. Um, and we're going to take our time and we're going to do this in a way that, you know, we'll, we're not going to flood you so that you're overwhelmed. We're just going to go baby steps, right? And I think that's a great approach for a lot of people in general, any number that you are, who mm -hmm. are scared to get into therapy because you think, oh my gosh, the thought of it sounds scary because you're going to have to like look into your past and the things that have really been painful, which we all have that you want to avoid. But if you take your time and you move through it slowly, the, fr the, fr the freedom you get is, is the surprise that like, I don't think people realize is coming for them once they do this work. Yes. So let's finish up with nines. Nines are, I have a nine wife and a nine daughter, so I have a lot of affection for them, but they have a broken story and it centers around this unconscious belief that the world thinks that their presence doesn't matter really. Yes. Um, and so to avoid disconnection and uh, they really want to preserve inner and external peace, right? They must, they believe that they have to go with the flow. Don't rock the boat avoid conflict, that's a big thing for nines, and merge with what other people want to do. Just roll with it. They merge with the preferences and the opinions and the priorities of others. But in the process, they lose their own selves. They, they, they become selfless, mm. right? And not in a good way. No, 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 no. No, Everyone no, preaches no. that all the time, like, oh, be a selfless person. But really, being a selfless person is not really a great thing because you oh, need no. to know yourself. No, you want to be a person that is, uh, has a really strong uh, expression of self. I think that what you don't want to be is a selfish person. But, I think but selfless. Confuse that. selfless. Oh, no, no, no. Selfish. Yeah, they yeah, no. Selfless, but they mean selfish. Right. And actually, I could argue that. A nine, is, by being selfless, is being selfish. Interesting. So anyway, so those are the, that's a, just a very quick run by of these nine broken stories. Everybody is going to have a different way of experiencing them and, and, and expressing them in the world. But, you know, basic categories. And, and so you know, this is an interesting fact. You know, literary critics will say that there's basically only seven basic plots in film and literature. But there are just a million stories within each of those seven basic plots. And that's what I would equate it to with these, these nine stories. You know, uh, we just shouldn't be surprised that they're just nine basic stories, right? Um, Anyhow, you want to, did you want, did you say you want to talk about the four step process? Yes, or? I would love to talk about because now that we all, Hopefully, when you heard these quick little um, blurbs about each number, you can like feel like you can like kind of sink into one or at least identify some that you feel like you can relate to and deep dive into more. But I think, yes, knowing now what our, your number is how, and our, our fatal flaws of it, something else too about before you tell us the four steps, passion. You use the word passion because every – and I've been um, – I do this all the time. I didn't even realize it. Everyone's always like, find your passion, live your passion, do your passion. But really when you are living your passion, you're kind of living in 
suffering, right? Can you break that down? Because you talk a lot sure. about Sure. Yeah. Okay. So there are two ways to think of the word passion, right? Um, one is, you know, I have a passion for self-improvement for, uh, I'm a, you know, I have a passion for plant-based, you know, diet in my life for exercise. I love yoga. I have a passion for that. I have, you know what I mean? Like I have a passion for music. I was a songwriter, um, here in Nashville before I do what I do now. So, you know, it, I have passions. Those are good passions. But the Enneagram teaches that each of the nine types has a what's called a fixation or a passion that actually fuels the negative story that each tells, right? So for once, it's anger or resentment. Uh, for twos, it's pride. It's this belief that you actually know what other people need even more than they do. Uh, for the three, it can be deceit, which is the um, uh, this in search of in, you know in their pursuit for success. Sometimes a, a three will present a false persona that they become deceived into thinking that they are the persona versus the mask. Right? They, they're the mask or the persona, but they lose touch with their authentic self. They become deceived. Fours, I mentioned, is envy. For fives, it's what we call avarice, a kind of greed, right, with knowledge and around their personal information and privacy. Uh, for sixes, uh, it's fear. Uh, for sevens, it's gluttony. They're always, you know, the passion is I got to fill myself up with more exciting things to do, more fun things to do, more adventures, more escapades, more jokes, more stories, you know. Uh, more, more, more. More, more, more. For the eights, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's what we call lust, but it's not necessarily in the sexual sense of the word. It's like this overbearing lust for life. It's too much. Um, nines, it's, uh, uh, for the nine, it's sloth. And what that means is it's not physical laziness. It's, it's really a laziness about self-development, spiritual, emotional, psychological development like investing in themselves to become a full self. So that's the two different kinds of passions. One is great. The other one actually is the source of your suffering. Mm. And again, in the story of you, I unpack all that for people. I mean, it's so, it feels like even I've known the Enneagram and read your books and like studied this for a long time. I still, my mind still gets blown because it's so layered. There's so much to each of it. And like understanding not only your type, but then other people's type and understanding the good passion versus the bad passion and how to walk in those different stories and change the story. And then how to be aware of other people's numbers and their stories and like having grace for everyone. It's just, there's so much that mentally we have to like think about, you know, it's, it's like a, your brain is doing gymnastics learning the Enneagram because it doesn't go, it's a going against the way that we're just like thrown into this world, like doggy dog survival, like figure out how to make your life work for you and just like get through it, you know? And, but like, this is like taking such a deep dive to understanding ourselves as spiritual beings and like, who like it's just it's it, it blows my mind and it really does so like how many people in the world do you think are living more enlightened like this versus aren't because most of us probably aren't living in tune with the enneagram that's why there's a lot of chaos yeah. out there <laughs> so i mean there's a lot of tools that we can use to develop self-knowledge and self-awareness so the enneagram isn't you you know completely unique right 
but for me as a therapist, I, um, it has been the system that has been the most actionable, accessible. It's not, you know, I want people to know that the Enneagram in its most basic sense is pretty easy to understand and to start work on right away. Like you don't have to read 50 books. You don't have to go to grad school like I did to get a counselor, psychotherapy degree. You don't have to do all this stuff. It's really like, oh, I get it. Let's go. Um, So anyway, uh, that's that's one of the reasons I really love it. If you want to go down the wormhole, there's a lot you can learn from the Enneagram, but you don't you don't have to. You can just get the basics and get going. And that's that's what I love about my first book, The Road Back to You, if I can say I love it. Or, or the thing I'm most proud the thing I'm most proud of in both books, in the story of you, I don't I don't make this hard. I, no, I mean it's not. I, you can't it's a page turner. You can't stop turning the pages because it's like you're reading about yourself and then you're reading about every other person that you know in the whole world. You're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I gotta know more. Yeah, yeah. And it really gives advice prescriptions for like, okay, how do we, how do we get our story straight? Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what you talk about when your four steps. Yes. The four steps. Thank you for bringing that up. It's based on the acronym, acronym SOAR, S-O-A-R. So step one is you got to see the story. And so what I encourage people to do is, and you don't have to be Hemingway, but you just, you know, get a piece of paper out and let's say in 350 words, that's one piece of paper, okay? Just write down your story. Write down and just see it. Like what happened? What, what internalized messages did I pick up? What beliefs did I pick up? What fears did I pick up as a little person? What, what did I misunderstand? And how did it, you know, fuel this broken story that I have, right? So, so on my journey, I was able to look back and say, oh, I can understand why I became a four, the romantic. You know, I grew up in a very, very broken home. Um, I picked up all kinds of messages like you're not enough. Um, you're, um, there's something about you that's off. You know what I mean? You're just different than everybody else. You're a little like, you deserve to be on the aisle of misfit toys. You're just a you're a little odd, you know, you're, you're kind of artsy and different than the other kids, you know, on and on and on and on. And um, again, in a weird way, that helped me understand what I was experiencing as a little kid. But man, when I brought that into adulthood, I can't begin to tell you, especially in my 20s, the trouble that caused me. Really? And Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and so when I began to do the work of rewriting my story, I had to sort of go back and go, that that, you know, what isn't, I was going to say, you know, S-H-I-T, but you know, that isn't true. I'm not missing anything. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you, I am a beautiful, unique, not you, a special uh, person, but I don't have to be unique and special to convince everybody of that. Uh, and, and I can learn to dial back some of my, the behaviors that may have helped me, you know, navigate the world as a little person, but now are screwing up my marriage, my relationships, my job, right? On, on, on. So that's C. Then, then the second is to own the story. And this is a little bit of a tweaker, but, you know, personal growth doesn't happen without a little bit of discomfort, right? right. So we also, then we also have to own, like, what is this, how has continuing to live in this story as an adult hurt me and others? 
So when you write down the, the first part, when you write down the C, you write down how you perceive yourself to be. Yeah. And how, and where did it come from? Like, okay. you know, like, where did it come from? And by the way, there's a workbook for the story of you that comes out in May. Okay. That'll be really helpful for people in this regard. Um, and then, um, so owning it is like, okay, I, all right, what does this cost me? Like I, you gotta in be my brutally honest in this process, you gotta right. be brutally honest, write down what's yeah. the good parts about you and the bad parts about you and then yes. see it. And now we're going to own it in our, in this next step. Yes. Particularly the parts of our story that have, uh, hurt us and others, right? Our particular nine story, four story, one story, like, uh, for a one, they might need to own that, um, their rigidity um, and their tendency to be critical of others who don't live up to their high internal standards has hurt their relationship with their children. Uh, that, you know, remaking your kid's bed because they didn't do it perfectly sends a bad message to that child about their, you know, capabilities, right? Now, the, it's not like the one gets up in the morning and thinks, I'm going to go ruin my kid's life by remaking their bed all the time or doing their homework for them. It's like, but you see how these broken stories can lead to those kind of dysfunctional, hurtful behaviors? My sister is a one and she always says she has this voice in her head that just she cannot not hear it. It is mm -hmm. always telling her the right way to do it. Like it's not like she's asking someone to say, what's the right way? Let me go do it. There is a voice in her head that is constantly telling her this is right and this is wrong and it is just the way it is. And you know what? Now that you're saying this, that might be why my four is even more so because me not knowing how to do what was right and wrong all the time it wasn't her fault she just was a one and knew right and wrong i felt so inadequate and like i couldn't measure up because i never knew what was right or wrong and so it, it's right. interesting how that who you live with can fuel your number as well on accident so in her own when she does her own step uh one of the things she would might write down is this had a this had an effect on my siblings you know what though? She told me that. And she said, because of her relationship with me, she has a very creative daughter. She now has parented her daughter based on her relationship with me. She's like, yeah. it has helped me so much having you as my sister now to realize that my daughter is creative like that too. So maybe without knowing it, she's already begun to see, own, and rewrite the story. She yes. still has a lot more to do, but that's a good sign that she's already inclined to doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, awaken really is, um, how do we awaken to these internalized messages and false beliefs that are causing, that, we, we, that are part of our broken story? And um, how do we awaken to when we are beginning to fall back into the old story because mm. your old story is really sticky it's right and there it, waiting for you <laughs> oh yeah it, it's like a siren calling you it's like come, come back home. come back you. yeah and it's you know it's it, yeah and and because it's like uh, you don't have to burn very many calories by going back to the old story the new story requires some effort so true. What a great way to put it. The new story, it's like, you got to get on the treadmill every day. You got to go work it out. Old story is like, let's just lay in bed and eat Snickers and watch a comfortable movie. Now, in time, though, so I've, I mentioned earlier that my, my wife and I are, you know, we're plant-based dieters. We don't use vegan because we, it's the same thing, but we don't use that term because that term implies what you don't eat versus what you do eat. So we always say, now nah, we're just plant-based people. In the beginning of that journey, 
It was difficult. But now, not at all. And when you when you rewrite your story, in the beginning, it's like, it's a little bit of an uphill climb that's well worth it. But after a while, it, you're, you begin to believe different things to rewrite old messages and, and, and you're like, oh, this is getting easier and easier and easier to live out of my new story. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM, let's create. That's such a good point because I think so many people are just scared to start because it feels like this mountain is insurmountable. It feels like mm. you'll never be able to climb it. It feels like it's so huge and overwhelming. But then you grab a book like this, well, you should start with The Road Back to You and then you grab The Story of You. These are very easy to read, very easy to comprehend. Anyone at any phase of their life can like understand it. It's like you said, it's, it's so easy to start and you don't have to change your whole life. You just start gaining more understanding of it. And, as, and that's what I also loved about The Story of You. You're like, as you just start gaining more understanding, you will just naturally shed your old story. Like you don't have to like put all this pressure on yourself to change and do 180. It's like everyone on January 1st, they start their new diet. They're cutting out carbs. They're working out every day. It's going to be this intense, rigorous program to change. And I think people feel that way about mental health and changing their story. It's going to be this very intense, rigorous program that's going to be exhausting. But it's not. Just start with reading these books and then slowly – you'll start shedding your old story. And then one day you'll just be more in your new story than your old story. And that to me yeah. is peaceful. It doesn't feel so stressful. The book is, the book really encourages uh, over and over again, just the importance of self-compassion as you do the work. Because um, in my experience, most people um, think that shaming themselves is going to accelerate, is going to accelerate growth when in fact it uh, slows it down, um, your true self will not emerge. It's afraid of shame. But, but the, the part of you that wants to grow, and all of us have that piece of us, um, it's like self-compassion is like fertilizer. You know, it just helps growth, right? Even though we think to ourselves, ah, it's just being easy on yourself. Mm, no, it's not. Um, it, it's, it's like the fertilizer that helps people to grow. And, and, and also to your point, I think that, um, you know, we need to realize there are no hacks here. 
right? There, there, you know, there's no bypass. You know, the work is the work. And, and so we call it work because it is. And so th that's just the nature of self-improvement and change. Uh, and if, if you're not willing to do it, then you have to ask yourself, well, am I willing to go on, you know, living out of a, living in a false story? Because you can't be a true self in a false story, right? Drop the mic. Drop the mic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've actually led me into rewrite, which okay. is, you know, once you've begun doing the seeing and the owning and the awakening, what happens? You've cleared enough debris out of your life that some of the green shoots of the new story will just start to come up on their own. Yes. Like, you know, you'll just start to go, wow, I'm changing. I, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to say no to people if I'm a helper too, in a way that's kind, but it's like, hey, I have my own needs. I can't meet everybody's needs. Or the three might say, just naturally as they do their work, you know what, I can be valued for who I am, not just for what I do and accomplish for my success, et cetera, right? And just suddenly, like this stuff just begins to come up and, and you'll be amazed at the change that comes about, not because, you know, because you've attacked the underlying premise and you, you really begin to say, you're calling BS on that, that you're not going to co-sign the BS of that underlying story anymore. Yes. And I think it's so interesting because I know for me as a four, and I think this goes for every number, we're all just trying to create a story of who we are. Like, who are we? And that's what, <laughs> the story of you, your book. Right. It's like we're all trying to label ourselves, to box ourselves, put ourselves in a box of like, this is who I am because this is what happened in my childhood. It made me this way. I... Did I went to school? I got this skill. I, I these are my friends. These are like you know. It's like we put our little parameters around our life, and it makes us feel safe. And then we feel like we have an identity. But really, I struggle with a four now because I know that identity is self-constructed and based on a million different things that are all man-made, um, or not man-made, but just like that I have put in my brain. So sometimes I'm like, well, who am I without any of that? Like, who are we if we're not yeah. in our stories? If we, say we this. get through this book and we crush it and we're like, I received this book. I understand it. I'm doing the work. And now I'm just a blank canvas of my soul and myself. But, but like, who is that? So that is part of the journey of the work involved in the journey. Because one of the reasons that old story has so much allure that it's calling us back is because we're afraid that, you know, at least it's the devil we know. And, and so you just have to have faith and trust that um, when you uh, subtract the um, so many of the lies of your story, that your you a, a new you will emerge, right? So you have to have faith that you're, there's going to be. It's not going to be just a blank nothingness where you're going to be nah. like a, a non-existent human nah. who has nothing going on in the world. It's like oh, the, like you said, those little green shoots will start popping up that are yeah. your truth. Exactly, and and the best expression of of, of who you are. You so have for faith. <laughs> You get, yeah, you got to have, a, and regardless of your religious or spiritual tradition, you know, I, I oftentimes tell people, just remember, um, your, your new self will uh, help your old self to come along with you. You know, it, it's, it's going to be okay. Like, don't, you know, don't get your, 
don't get all, as we say in Nashville, don't get all wrapped around the, the axle here. You know, it's like, just, just remember that it, this is a, a process that's very natural. It's very organic. And it, it, it really, um, it, it, you know, it will really begin to happen, uh, like I said, organically as you, as you do the work. And, you know, you're not going to lose your identity. You're actually going to get in touch with your true self right? I mean, that's the subtitle of the book, the story of you using, you know, basically it's, uh, uh, you know, how the Enneagram can help you become your true self. So what are true selves? We all have one. We just have to find it. Some of us will in this life and some of us won't. Some of us will do the work and others won't even know that there's work to be done. How, what are we supposed to be doing here? Like say we all were able to get in touch with our true selves and we lived in a world of true selves. Like what is the point? Why are we all, what did we come here to do with our true selves? Like what are we trying to do on this planet with yeah. all this true self knowledge if we gain it? Yeah. Well, let's just talk about true self for a second. Like it's a little bit of a, I don't know, an overused term that people don't really understand or, or, or know, but they have an intuition about it, but they couldn't describe it to you very, you know, very clearly. I think we're born our true selves and then all these stories get thrust on us and we lose touch with our true essential self. And so the more you rid yourself of the broken stories, the bad, the, the false beliefs, the, um, the negative internalized childhood messages, the more you do that, the more your true self kind of comes out from underneath the weight of that stuff because that stuff kind of obscures the true self right it weighs it down and um you know in my experience you know true self isn't something you arrive at one day like a mountaintop and go i have found my true self you know it's it's just something you kind of begin to live into and you you start to see the the fruit glimmers of of your your true person and you know i think a true person is someone whose values and mission is aligned with who they are and and the, is you know that discovering why we come here is that why we come here in our true selves because we have a mission well i mean i think so uh you know one of my heroes the great psychiatrist carl jung thought so and and i think that all of us here's my opinion regardless of your again religious belief you know i i come from a particular uh spiritual perspective i want to honor the fact that everybody have uh, has a, a different one than i do but i think one thing they all have in common perhaps is is that all of us whether we believe in god maybe god assigned it or you know however you want to phrase it um i think all of us have an errand mm, you know mm, uh, all of what? us what is the errand uh, supposed to accomplish? Like why? You're, and I won't get into this so deeply because this could, this is a whole other conversation and fours don't stray away from the hard conversation. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I do wonder this. Why did we have to come to this existence to do this errand? Why don't we all just stay in this pure place to begin with? Like heaven. Oh, I think, I think the, well, I think the errand is part of that. Ooh, I mean, I think ooh, ooh, it, it, the errand is what gives life meaning. It, but like, it's why what, do we need to have the life? Why don't we just stay in the cerebral, uh, angelic state of being? 
Well, because we didn't, and I don't know why. That's above my pay grade. That's it. Give me the answer. I know, but that, as I, as people like to say, that's above my pay grade. You know, that's uh, that's that's beyond my ability to. Okay, but we have an errand. Uh, Yeah, like I think, you know, I can describe my errand to you very simply. What is it? My uh, my errand in life that I feel I I was assigned and the gifts that I have would, would indicate that my mission in life is to help people enter into a deeper conversation with uh, the mystery of their own lives uh, and to um, make sense of who they are, that they might move through the world with more happiness, ease, and by having the greatest impact on the world for good, right? So, I mean, Everything in my life would point to the fact that all my gifts, all my history would point to that very basic idea. That's why I'm here. And, um, I, and of course, over time, I've tweaked that. I think different seasons of life impact that. You know, when I had small children, that impacted it versus now when I have adult children. You know, so, but it's the core essential of that has always remained the same. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM, let's create. Okay, I, I want to talk to you forever. I will wrap up. I just want to kind of like wrap this last little thought up. Do you think, so we're born into this life, into families, and like we are shaped by our families. Like you become your number based on like who you are naturally, but then also your environment that you're raised in. Do you think that people would have a different number if they were born into a different family? Like, do you, what, cause like, again, eight, a lot of women are looking, are having protection, they're having to protect themselves because they didn't necessarily feel safe in childhood. But like, what if, that same person would have been born into a different family where they felt very secure and safe in childhood, would they have still become an eight? Or so is like the child is your environment just as important as your natural inclination? Do they work hand in hand as like a 50 50 thing or? Well, yeah. So if the answer is yes, I mean, we, we, we have a genetic sort of side to us and we also have an environmental side or a nurture side. So you can so become yes. a different number if you were born into a different environment. Well, so I'm going to answer that as honestly as I can, which is, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a nature nurture thing and no one can know the answer to that question because there's no way to test for it. Right. And um, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you could do it in a sort of a, a blind study of twins, 
but but even then, they, all they're holding together is some you know identical genetic you know components. Uh, but you know, I uh, I certainly believe that we would be different if we grew up in different environments. But who the heck knows? I mean, there's no way to test it, right? Uh, I can't say to you, okay, well, you now you're this age. Let's send you back to the crib and see how it goes in a different family, right? So, look, just remember that the human person is remarkably complex. I know. I mean, wildly complex. Wildly. And and so there are so many things we can never know, but we can begin to work on the things we do know. And that's really what the, for me, the, the exciting piece of the story of you is about, is that we do know that we're born into stories. We do know that there are um, parts of those stories that are not true, though they helped us as little kids to make sense of experience. You know, um, they hurt us in adulthood and we can do something about it. And, and we can begin that journey by, by moving through this process. And, you know, you're going to do this process probably over and over again. So it's not like you're going to do it once, but that's called repeated self-reflection. That's how people grow. It's not like do it once. And, you know, I've now, you know, I've done the four stage journey. It's not Amway. You know, it's like, you know, this is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit trickier than that. Okay. Two questions. Why did you get into the Enneagram? Well, I was in graduate school studying to be a psychotherapist, came across it after my first year there. Not on, it wasn't part of my program. It just was kind of serendipitous. And I was blown away by how accessible it was compared to what I was learning in personality development and personality theory and classes. Although those things are very important to know. This was like, man, you don't have to go to grad school to learn a lot about human beings, right? Um, and then, you know, over the years, I went to workshops, I did different stuff, uh, but didn't go all the way down the wormhole until about 10 years ago. I got so excited about it. I wrote my first book, The Road Back to You, in the wake of that. And then a couple of years of thinking and reflecting, I began to realize, man, there's something else to the Enneagram, which is revealing the broken stories. And if you want to experience transformation, you got to change the story, bottom line. All transformation is story transformation. And that is in some ways the whole point of the book. Oh my gosh. I'm just so jealous of people who get to talk to you all the time. I want to just talk to you forever. Cause like I would just like new questions are constantly popping up, but okay. I am so honored that I got to talk to you, have this conversation. You don't know how much this means to me. I mean, you probably do as a four because you are a deep feeler, but like I just seek talking to people like you. That's why I started this podcast. Like I, like, to piggyback on what I told you originally, I became a country music singer because I wanted to be special and fill that void. But I then transferred it over to podcasting because I always thought all these special people had figured out life or had something that I didn't have. So I started my podcast so I could interview the special people and figure out what they have that I don't because I needed to know the secret to being special. And then I interview all these people on my podcast who are amazing like yourself. And I realize we're all just humans. We are all on this journey. Nobody is more special than anyone else. We are all uniquely special. And I, obviously you're told that you're, you know, you hear that stuff, but like, I actually believe it now after interviewing the most incredible people. So that's why I started my podcast was to, to get into special people's brains. Oh, that's great. I know.
and so it's just such an honor to talk to you. Like you don't understand how much this means to me. So you are like the guru of all the gurus for the Enneagram. This is so awesome. I always wrap up with leave your light and it's basically super open-ended question. What do you want people to know? My, the first thing that comes to my mind is that they're beautiful. I, I really want people to know that uh, at their core, they are filled with goodness and uh, that the journey of life is actually part of the journey of life is learning to believe that's true. Pretty basic. No, profound. All the big profound things in life are actually pretty simple. It's just like that story that started you on your Enneagram journey uh, when you were in like a sobriety meeting, someone asked you to share your story. You shared it and they said something like, are you living in the right story? And that sent you on yeah. the journey. Yeah. That it's one question. That, like, yeah, that my, like stayed with you forever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was my first uh, 12 step sponsor. And uh, he just, he was old, much older. He was 70. I was 28. He just said, Ian, have you ever wondered if you're living in the wrong story? And it was a challenge to me. You know, it was like, dude, do you ever wonder if you're living in the wrong story? It's like, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's an option. I have. I yeah, exactly. It, it really threw me back on my heels and it did really kind of frame out the next bunch of years of my life. Did that, did that one question though, get you your wheels turning that like, just because you were born into one story doesn't mean you have to stay in it. Is that the first time you had that revelation? Yes. And it, but it took me, you know, I was young, dumb, and, you know, just trying to overcome a drug and alcohol addiction. You know, I had a lot on my plate. So, I mean, you know, it's not like I went home and I, you know, still, I was just trying to stay, you know, keep my, keep my nose clean. But, but, you know, it, it, it seems to me now that it, it really, uh, you know, like when, when a question like that sticks, it's like a, you know, like a piece of sand in your eye. <laughs> A grain of sand, it's like, oh, you're always kind of like aware of it, it's there. And it really wasn't until, you know, the, this book, The Story of You, that I was like, okay, I got to write about this. I got to really explore it. And, uh, but I'd been kind of thinking about it for decades, you know? It was in there. It was part of your calling. It's part of yep. your true self. Hey, thank you so much, Ian, for joining me. It is so awesome to get to talk to you in person, like, well, on Zoom, but like personally like this. Your books are incredible. Everyone get the road back to you and then definitely get the story of you. Honestly, you need both books. They are just like such incredible books to helping you unlock yourself and your family and your friends and all those around you. And where can everyone find you, Ian? Yeah, so they can go to my website, Ian Morgan Cron, and I'll spell it because it's a weird name. I-A-N-M-O-R-G-A-N-C-R-O-N. Uh, they, are, they can learn about some courses I have called Discovering You, another one called the, um, gosh, I can't remember my other one. Anyway, there's another <laughs> one. I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they can, uh, you know, learn about my books. They can uh, learn about my Enneagram assessment, assessment, which is called the IQ9, which can help you uh, find out what, what's your Enneagram type. Uh, oh, and, you can actually um, take the Enneagram test on your website, right? Yes, and, and that's just one data point. That's not necessarily the answer of all answers, but you, you take that and then you read a little bit and you figure out if it's true, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then on socials, at Ian Morgan Cron across all the channels. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Ian. You are an amazing human being and you are just such a blessing to this world. Thank you for doing all this hard work and sharing it with us. It is 
we are all benefiting from it and I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great day. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.